Chris Chaus. Welcome back to the show. This is the Fantasy Headliners Podcast. We got Jake. We got Chris. We got myself. What's going on? Uh, we were just sitting here talking about we didn't seem to be very like motivated and like gung-ho. And then like you start yelling, let's go. And all of a sudden, I feel a little bit better. A little bit. Plus, I just cool. chugged some coffee. So we're good. It works. See, it works. I get you guys hyped, man. I'm telling you, the, the voice of Chaus and Caffeine, it's a dynamic duo. So, you no. Know, you yeah. The voice of chousing some beer or caffeine. Oh, either is, or. Your day is lovely. Either or. And then you get both, and it's the best of both worlds. It's perfect. It's perfect. Perfection. So, so what you're saying is you could wake up in the morning, and before work, you could have a beer and be just as motivated to go to work as you if you had coffee? Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, I don't because, that because then I know once I get home, I'm going to have another beer, so I'm just looking forward to wow. just yeah. powering through that day. You know what's a problem right now for me is I'm actually looking forward to coffee in the morning at like midnight now. I I, I don't know what it is My before life. I'm going. It's weird, man. It's like, damn, I can't wait to wake up and have that cup of coffee. Like, yeah. is this? I don't know what this is right now. I've it's, never I've never had that feeling. Really? Well, I drink. And coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee, but I, I drink coffee yeah. 24 hours a day. So I mean, to me, it's normal. I don't know if the difference between morning and night. I'm I'm always drinking coffee. I'll I'll mix in the occasional water, but uh, yeah, it's coffee all the time. I love That's that. also because you don't go to bed until like 3 a.m. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that I'm could awake. be part of the part of the problem. <laughs> I, I am a night owl. Yes. They do brew decaf. We do know that. Nah, it just even though it doesn't taste different, it tastes different. It tastes different. Just because you know it's mentally, I'm like, I know that it's you know, it's just like kissing your sister or something. It's just not you're not getting anywhere. Like this is just no. not this is pointless. We're pissing into the wind. You ever tried that and it blows back at you? Yeah, like that's good. what that that's what drinking decaf coffee is like. I understand. Sometimes, though, I just can't have the caffeine. I need the coffee and I need the jolt, man. Like, I need the coffee taste. Mm. I say a lot of times it is. It's just that, that flavor, that coffee flavor that you need to get you going. Maybe you need like a coffee scented candle. No, that just won't work. I don't like candles, man. You ever had coffee flavored yeah. ice cream? Don't oh, like it. God, yes. Absolutely. Don't Delicious. like it. I've never had it. I don't know. I love coffee, but I've never had it. So I don't know. Any coffee flavored candies or shit I can't handle. I just I don't like okay, it. Okay, so. I just had a, an ice cream that we got from the store from a company called Turkey Hill, and it is mocha ice cream with chunks of cookie dough in it. It is phenomenal. I don't. That sounds all right. I could give that. Right. I mean, I would try it. If you're making me, I would try it. Cookie dough. Wait, any ice cream is good. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Do you eat cookie dough off the 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 roll? Mm-mm. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> Of course. I mean, I'm not, we got problems. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I figure the biggest guy on the podcast is like, nope, I don't do that. But that's that's me. I, I'll wait till they're baked and then I'll eat them. I like it both ways, man. Some days you can just, you know, chomp off the stick and you're good. That's right. I remember in uh, in high school, you know, we'd chomp before, off the stick, by the way. <laughs> you really did. I laid um, that purposely. Before home room, like everyone, for the most part, like a lot of people would would meet in the cafeteria just to hang out before homeroom started and whatnot. Um, but they always had, you know, they were always baking the chocolate chip cookies for lunchtime. And the best ones that were just like almost raw, but like just really like undercooked that were still like really soft in the middle. Those were the best cookies. What is that? I don't remember what brand it is. Toll House, maybe? The soft Probably. batch cookies? Love them. Oh my gosh. They're the Done. best. 
you open yeah. one as soon as you rip open that seal i you've lost me for the next the whole few box minutes. is gone oh it's yeah. a keebler keebler does the soft that's batch. what it is that's yeah. what because it, it comes in a red package yes yeah. it does and the chips ahoy does that too man they're good at those two mm. Now I want some cookies. I'll be right back. I'm going to go make some cookies. <laughs> Drinking my coffee here, but I got no cookies. Jeez, man. We do got some exciting news, though. The USFL draft, boys. Exciting times. Mm, no. You said exciting. I know. I'm just messing. But do I- we know anybody <laughs> in the USFL? You know, Kyle Loletta. We know this guy. This guy's name popped out. He was former New York Giant. The rest of these guys, the first pick in the draft was Shea Patterson. Uh, I don't, but I don't know this man. But Kyle, Mid- Aletta, uh, he it, went to it, he went to Michigan. Does it count that? Like okay, he was formerly the Giants, but he like never played. <laughs> no, Did he? he didn't play. So I mean, no, like, is it really? Count? He started a couple preseason games, but that's yeah, it. I uh, man, I I don't know. I hear the news lately about the XFL and the NFL kind of partnering up a little bit to kind of you know bounce ideas off back and forth. And I'm way more excited for that. That to me really piques my interest a lot more. Yeah, and that's actually something that Chaus and I talked about um, on the pod a couple of years ago when the XFL ended, you know, when COVID first, you know, was was peaking. And that was one of the ideas that we said they should do going forward is make it more of a developmental league for coaches, for players to kind of let it be a, you know, almost like a Petri dish for, for the NFL, you know, to kind of get players and coaches ready for that next step, almost like a little minor league for the NFL. And while they're not going to be doing that exactly for 2023, I think they are going to be picking and choosing certain ideas of that philosophy, which I think is really cool. I'm looking really forward to those long beer cup snakes that they were making. That were those like, were awesome. Like sections long. The, uh, like the, the Seattle cups. franchise did that. Yeah. Yeah. They were like all the way down the road. And those, but that was awesome. But it was, it was like a party and it was fun. And yeah, I hated that they kind of got dealt the cards. They, they were dealt because they were finally starting to gain some momentum before COVID happened. Mm. Yeah. And one player that uh, that actually went number two or number three overall in uh, in the USFL draft was Jordan Tiamu, who was a quarterback in the XFL. And I believe he was he was like number two in the MVP race behind PJ Walker. Mm. Um, good arm. Uh, he was number one in the XFL in completion rate, I think second or third in passing yards and first among all quarterbacks in rushing yards. So can we like let's be real, though. Does it really matter? Like the, the USFL, like, is anybody going no. to care? I, I, I really think what I'll bet on it, but that's, that's, yeah. That's I mean, I'm sure. Well, do you remember can... the USFL back in the day where they were, they were picking up steam because they started signing, signing big names, right? Like Jim Kelly, Doug Flutie back in the day. And then it just mm-hmm. collapsed because the, the owners couldn't come together and greed fell apart. I just I don't see the NFL having this problem anymore where they can they're going to compete with anybody or anybody's going to compete with them anymore. So it, to me, even if these are developmental leagues, we know that and I know me and you talked about it a lot, Chris, and, and I like the developmental league idea, too. But as you start looking at college more, that's kind of their developmental league where they go, because once these guys hit a certain age, what chances are they really going to improve? We don't see like after 25, 26 years old, you know, what, what relevance are these guys really going to have? I don't know. I, I, I like the ideas. I just don't see the the talent pool there anymore. Yeah. And, and unless there's big names involved, I don't see people really caring. You know I mean? They may yeah. watch it time and again, but it's never going to become a competitor to the NFL. There's just no, there's the NFL stands in a, a league of its own. Yeah, what it's what it's going to be pretty much for us is going to be it's going to be something to watch in the offseason until the NFL season starts, because this is going to begin in April. 
the XFL in 2023 will probably start around the same time, probably around March or so. And then I think you have the AAF uh, that's also going to be starting up at some point, which no one, nobody cares about. So you're going to have the XFL, you know, and the USFL at least as like a filler, you know, to kind of, so people can still get their football fix in between, you know, the, the, the Super Bowl and the preseason of the NFL. I'll watch I, it from time to time, but I'm not I'm, I'm going to I'm I'm watch it. I, I will. I'll I, check it out. I mean, I liked what was the what was the last one? The American Football League or whatever it was that just folded too. That was OK. I didn't mind the product, but. Yeah, that know. lasted what a season and a half or something. Yeah, if it that... wasn't very long, and I mean, I mean, the product was subpar, and I mean, you know what it is? It's the, the communications for these leagues. I didn't even know the draft was going on tonight. So it, here's a heads up, man. Okay, I got some communications experience in my pocket. If you want to sell the product, let the people freaking know that what you're doing, man. Because I mean, this is one of the most important times of your league, USFL. You're drafting players, and I didn't even know it was going on. That's a problem. That is definitely a problem. They are not starting off on the right foot. So I mean, I look at the XFL. They have the Rock as you know one of the one of the co-owners. So at least he's going to be promoting it. There's going to be marketing behind that. So at least they have they have that one step forward as opposed to the USFL. And the XFL is going to have I don't want to say as a pedigree by any means, but at least they're going to have a little bit of recency, a recent knowledge for people. They're like, oh, right. I remember this from a couple of years ago and the yeah. people that were starting to buy into it then are going to buy right back into it to start with. So the XFL is the only thing in my, in my opinion, that's going to have an opportunity to be something. quote unquote successful, you know, something that's not, really going to not every, shitty. Yeah. Not, and it all depends. Honestly, you have all these other leagues. What kind of player pool are you going to have? Mm. And all of a sudden, if, if they're, you know, diminishing an already lacking player pool. What is the XFL going to have that is going to be intriguing enough across the board to really keep fans interest? I that's that's a scary part. I Jeff think Fisher's what, a co- Jeff Fisher's a coach in the in the USFL. That's a that's keys for good stuff. I would want to get think. excited to go eight and eight, baby. <laughs> that's right. Five hundred. I will say this. Come. I I don't know what the the contracts are going to look like for the USFL, but I almost wonder if players are playing in the USFL this year because maybe they just jump ship after the season to join the XFL next year when it starts up. They have to, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd, want, you'd want to think for sure. If, if you're, yeah. if you've graduated college and you're not on an NFL team, you have to, in my mind, I have to think that the XFL is the next best thing in order to get me into the league, because look at what happened after the XFL folded a little bit ago because of COVID you had PJ Walker go to Carolina. Donald Parham was a name that was you know doing great in the XFL. He went and, and Got a chance there with the Chargers. There's there's people in the XFL that when it went down, they went to the the NFL and they were actually called upon at, at times and and did pretty good. And yeah, I mean the XFL has to be one step below the NFL for everybody outside of college. You yeah. know what I would and, you know what I would like to see out of this out of these leagues is if we've seen how many times with young talented high school stars. You know, something just doesn't pan out, okay? And they just either, they, they lose their scholarships, they don't get a scholarship, but they're good. And they just didn't get the exposure. I would love to see these guys. I mean, I'm not saying if you got a chance to go to college, go to college. But if their opportunity isn't there and they don't have a scholarship, they can't afford to go, whatever. 
I would love to see like the XFL and the USFL take a chance on some of these younger cats that didn't get the opportunity because I guarantee you that's where you increase your player pool as well. You get these guys out of a troubled situation, potentially if they have one, and now you put them in a situation for success. I want to see that. If, if I'm going to say anything for these leagues being developmental, go get those high school kids, you know, at one or two years out of high school that just never got a chance to make it in college and put them in the XFL, USFL and see what they can do. A stupid question. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't follow it close enough. And I don't know what there's any differences for the XFL this go around. Can they do they have to have any college experience or be out of high school for so many years? Or can they go right from high school to play that? I don't know. I don't that, know you, there's yeah there's no because the xfl is not a professional league there are no rules or stipulations about exactly. okay you had to have this many years of college or you know be a certain age i mean obviously probably 18 years and older but you don't have to be a, a former college athlete and that's where the whole thing of and we kind of dive into a little bit of a the hbcu thing for college football and and Deion sanders and recruiting some of the top mm. you know mm. prospects in the country now all of a sudden if you have an opportunity to go make money the year after high school, even though the NIL deals are out there, if you're not one of the big name guys, you're not making big money. But now they have this right. opportunity to go play in the XFL. That could be a way to get a, a player pool a little bit earlier. Do they stick around for the long haul? Maybe not, but they kind of help. It's kind of like one and done in college basketball. We could see something like that in the XFL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would like it if it was that way. You would actually see probably a better product, too, especially if these guys can ball. I I like the idea, and that way at least you have a filter system where you can actually groom these young men into potential NFL-caliber players. I, I like it. I, I Maybe I'll pitch this to the USFL. What do you guys think? I don't think they're going to listen to you. No, probably not. Thanks. Yeah, do you have that kind of poll? Thanks for the motivation. Don't know about? I'm just being a realist to you. I, Jesus, I, think, man. I don't even think they take your phone call, if I'm being honest. You know what you are? Honest. You're the dream crusher, man. That's going to be your new nickname, the dream crusher. No, it would be a dream crusher if you say you're going to talk to somebody else bigger than the USFL. I don't even think you want to lower your standards to the USFL at this Fair point. Fair enough. I, I like how you flip that. That's better now. I feel we'll better talk to about the AAF. myself. See what they say. <laughs> that would be even worse. That's like bottom of the barrel. Yeah, that's almost arena football league. But I would I would put arena football above that. Whoa. Yeah. I love I would. for love for arena football. I love I, it. Have you ever been to an arena football game? I have. They were probably the most fun I've ever had. It's I was true. younger in Arizona going to a, a, the Rattlers games. That was like a rock concert and a football game all in one in the high, the high, you know, pace of the game. It was fun to go to. Does it translate really to the NFL? I mean, Kurt Warner did it. Just, he did it. Just throwing a name out there. But I mean, there's Johnny Manziel. Okay. Uh, he, he tried to revitalize in the arena football league. He tried. Didn't it didn't quite he sucked work out. in the arena football league too, he the did. poor bastard. That's the thing is if you go to arena football and you still suck, you have zero ch chance at the NFL. Like yeah, if you suck done. there, there's a problem. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. Pack it in. You're done. Speaking of packing it in, we got Aaron Rodgers news whoa, today, man. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I see what Aaron you did there. Rogers. I see what you did. You, see, you like that? How I kind of segue shit, man. It just works. But Aaron Rodgers, everybody knows by now if you're on Twitter and uh, Instagram, he, he dropped that post late last night or the night before. And we all were dissecting it and like, what does this mean? What are you telling us? Ten pictures, long, thankful message. It, it appeared as though he was ready to pack it in, go into retirement. We were all debating it and saying, it sounds like it. And then all of a sudden, Tuesday, Pat McAfee show, we all got ready for it. You know, the live stream came on. We were all counting the viewers. Like, it was just popping, man. Like, what, 140,000K at one point. 
And what does Aaron do? He says right at the beginning, and I know Pat was probably pissed because oh, he, he he was oh, pissed because yeah. he wanted everyone to stick around. And he was like, Aaron comes on, he's like, hey, two minutes in. Just so you guys know, there's no announcement today. And Pat's like, whoa, whoa, dude. But I mean, what do we make Aaron Rodgers right now? That's kind of where I'm going with this because it's an interesting thing. Okay, was he just thankful and felt appreciative enough just to throw it on social media to gain more attention? I mean, what more attention does this guy need? But what do we think about Aaron? What's he doing? I mean, first things first, he he definitely cost Pat some money today. Yes, he did. Oh, oh Pat yeah. Was, Pat yeah. was getting ready to roll in the dough for an hour-long segment had he held that off. He still held a lot of the viewers, but you have 140,000 viewers on a live show for an hour. You got to realize that that's not everybody sitting there consistently for an hour. And as these people keep clicking in, clicking in and clicking in, hitting the like button, Pat was in line for a huge payday today. And, and Aaron Dam ended it quickly. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I listened to the interview. Aaron Rodgers is extremely intelligent. Like he, he's not normal. You know I mean? He's, he, he overthinks things maybe a lot. And it, I mean, the way that he described things, it made sense as to the reasons why he posted things. And, you know, he's at a point in his life where he was, you know, thankful and grateful for a lot of the things that he'd been given. And he'd had what he says, you know, a, a great relationship with Shailene Woodley over the last couple of years. And she really helped open his eyes to really understand what's really important in life. And, stuff. and I get all that. That stuff is that's that's cool to see. Does it mean that he sticks around, though? It, it seemed to me like as the interview went on, as Pat would kind of drop little things here and there, it seemed like he's still excited to play football. And when you win back-to-back MVPs, uh, I I can't see him leaving. And in my opinion, it's all kind of fringing on Devontae Adams. If the Packers take care of Devontae Adams and give him a long-term deal, I think Aaron Rodgers stays. Yeah, I, I agree. We were talking about, you know, earlier in our, our group chat about, I brought up the salary cap and how they're going to have to restructure a few, probably more than one contract to try to make room for, for it to work with both Rogers and Devonte Adams because of the money that Adams is going to be requesting. Um, but it, it only makes sense because this is a team that, you know, yes, they, they didn't get to the Super Bowl or, you know, the, the uh, NFC championship, but this is a team that is going to be able to compete year after year. But again, you know, with Aaron Rodgers, what other team would you go to where you immediately will become a contender for a conference championship and a trip to the Super Bowl, potentially? Yeah, and Pittsburgh's got to be in the realm of that possibility, I think. But Tampa. it was interesting. It was it was uh, Tampa. You said, yeah, yeah, you could go to Tampa, too. And I mean, it was an interesting interview. And I agree with you. He is an intelligent man. I think he. I loved what he was talking about when he said, you know, when you get to a certain age, I, I, I feel this way. I completely related to him when he said this. He's like, when you get to a certain age, you just stop caring about what other people think. And I'm, I'm so there like five years ago. Uh-huh. And it, it liberates you and it allows you to focus on the things that actually matter in life. So when we talk about an Aaron Rodgers in his early mid twenties to where he is now, you see a, a, a that it's not even just a maturing; it's it's actually just a realization of life in general. Saying what is it that you want out of life, and I think that's what people struggle with the most, and what they hate on the most. And because Pat even said he says, "Doesn't matter what you say today, people are going to hate on you yep. regardless." And we get this all the time in in our industry. What we do, people just want to hate, man, and it's like. You know what? When you when you're that confident and you understand, we just don't give a shit, guys. Like seriously, I don't care what you think about me. We're here promoting. We're here trying to help everybody. Aaron's kind of in that same boat, right? He wants to win. He wants to be a leader. He wants to have guys that want the same things as him. 
a.k.a. the Devontae Adams. And that's why he was so pissed. And we were talking about it before as well. When they released and let go of all those free agents that he said were really good players. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what happened there. Uh, it's I just, okay. I just cut out. You, you cut out for a second there, but then all of a sudden it picked back you up. Came and your back lips, strong. Your lips went super fast. Like, oh, it okay. was like I saw you guys laughing at me. I'm like, what did I say? That was so funny. It, well, you, you, the words kept on coming for the most part, but the, the lips stopped moving for a second. Okay. But you look like the micro machine guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I totally, re- like you said, relate to that, though. At a certain point, you, you, you look at what really matters and you kind of touched on the hate thing. That is something that everybody, I think, deals with differently. Now, I think because of the last year, year and a half and all the dealings with Aaron Rodgers, he has got to be probably one of the most hated quarterbacks in the NFL. And what's crazy is even people disliked Tom Brady when he was in New England there towards the end. But I don't even think that the hate was that much as it is towards Aaron Rodgers right now, because everybody hated Tom Brady because they couldn't beat him. You know what I mean? It's, it wasn't so much of what he said or what he did, because you never really heard from Tom Brady. It's just that he, nobody could beat him. So everybody was irritated with him with Aaron Rodgers though. It's like, it's all personal. And, and he gets attacked for, for anything that he possibly says. And that weighs on people. I don't care. Everybody out there. We've, we've mentioned this a ton of times before. I don't care how many times people say, Hey, you just got to kind of ignore it and you got to blow it off. Perfect. A hundred percent agree with that, but that's easier said than done for a lot of people. And when you're talking about somebody, the stature of Aaron Rodgers, it's not just a hateful comment. Even as I was watching the Pat McAfee show, the stream, the, the chat on the stream became super toxic. As soon as he said he wasn't going to make a decision today, it's mm-hmm. like everybody was super pumped to hear from him. And then in the flip of a switch, everybody was hating on the guy. Even people in the chat were like, man, where did all this, this hate come from all of a sudden? And, and I don't understand everybody wanting to just jump to hate right away. Other than the fact that I really want to just blame social media as a whole, because it's given people an outlet to hate behind a keyboard and, and say and do things that they would never say face to face to somebody. And now they just feel entitled. They feel like they can say and say and do is whatever they want to, because nobody can do anything, you know, through a, through a screen on them. And I, I hate that. A, a lot of people deal with it. Like you said, we deal with it too. Maybe not to the level of Aaron Rodgers. It's, it's irritating. And, and I would like nothing more uh, than to have like an MMA style matchup with some of these people that want to talk crap on the internet. Cause I guarantee you, I would go straight up circus spider monkey on them. I I, I would go off on some people Ooh. if I had the opportunity. I love it. We got to set that I, up. I was going to say Dude. that reminds me of uh, I'm not Nights, fair either. I'm kicking square <laughs> in the nuts. All jacked up, jacked yeah. up on Mountain Dew. That's right. Boom. I'm not fighting, I'm not fighting fair. Uh, I'm punching it. you square in the, in the nut bag. If nice. I, if I get the opportunity. Nice. Just full disclosure. Little fish hook and kick in the junk. Oh you gotta yeah, love dude. It. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm not fighting fair. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure you leave with some pain. Perfect. I like it. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to, I did want to talk about, you know, was Aaron Rodgers mentioned, and this is not football related. Okay, when Aaron Rodgers mentioned that he had just come out of a 12 day cleanse, all right, and that wow. he's, <laughs> and his first thought, and I quote, "I'm this is from Adam Schefter's tweet, uh, that." He, his first thought was intense gratitude for everyone in his life. And so I quote tweeted that. I said, well, yeah, if I just finished an intense cleanse like that, I'd also have gratitude for just about everything else in my life. And for those of you who don't know what the cleanse is that he went through, it's called a Panchakarma cleanse. Three days of ghee therapy, consume ghee until you evacuate at both ends. For those of you who don't know what ghee is, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It is a, uh, it's a type of butter, 
but it's supposed to be rich with like fatty acids. It's supposed to help your cardiovascular system. He did that for three days. Then he had one day of therapeutic vomiting, hmm. one day of laxative therapy, three days of herb drops in the nose, many days of enemas, and finally yoga and meditation throughout the entire process. He went through 12 days of that. You had to he evacuated a lot. The enemas. You had to throw in the enemas. Many days. Oh, Many. That's, uh, I mean, listen, it's 2022 and people do some weird shit. You know, I mean, let's just be completely honest out there. And is that the weirdest thing I've ever heard of? It's pretty yeah. damn close. It's close. Yeah. <laughs> it's close. I mean, I'd, I'd rather be with Tom Brady eating avocado ice cream than go through whatever the hell I heard Rogers did. 100%. Now, wow. does it work? I don't know. I'm not going to try it and find out. If somebody else wants to try it and let me know, I'll listen to him. But I'm, I'm sure as I'm not going to try it. How much uh, weight would he have lost on that? Like that's, that's a, what that's I'm a, wondering. That's a 30 pound weight loss program. He didn't even have that much to lose, though. No, no. man. What is he I trying mean, to do to himself? Could man? you imagine if I had to evacuate for 12 days? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> talk about a toilet paper shortage. We would be in you know, some trouble. You'd have to call a plumber, man. Nah, five, nah, day, no five days in. No joke. Listen, good thing I got so, extra bathrooms in my house so I can, you know, as one clogs, I can just go to the next. It'd be funny. You get on the horn, like before you get onto your cleanse. Hi, this is uh, Jake uh, calling uh, 24 7 plumbing. Yeah. yeah, man. Can, can you guys be on watch because I got a, a cleanse happening and, you know, shit might get backed up? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really? nasty. I, yeah. Aaron. Kudos to him for trying something like that. Sure. I guess. Great. But I couldn't do it. Not, not my. I'll just stay fat, I guess. Is no if, is I, if I'm if I'm gonna, cleanse? That's what I'm saying. If I'm gonna do it, I want it to be from beer and tacos, not from all that other stuff. If there, if you can find me a beer cleanse, I'm all in. Let's go. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's called like 15 Bud Lights. Yeah, and then gout and then gout comes after, and you're fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're just you're limping for a week after. Good lord, Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, basically piggybacking off what you said, Chris. I mean, where where should this man play? And say they do, say they don't sign Devonte Adams. Just say mm -hmm. they can't find the funds. But you know, you know what's going to happen. They're going to franchise tag uh, Devonte, and then he's going to be pissed, right? So I wonder how much that's going to be. There's so many revolving parts to this. That I, I, I mean, Aaron's cap hit is what forty three million dollars, so he would almost look like a hypocrite if I'm if I'm Devonte, and he's saying you know sign my boy you know give him his bag, but yet you're not willing to shed some of yours to help that cause. I mean, how would you feel as a buddy, man? Because I'd be like, yo, give me some of that dough. We'll go for another run before you want to do what you want to do. But I don't know. That's just me. I don't. I don't think Rogers would have an issue with that. Personally, I don't think he, so. I don't he think even so had comments in today's in today's interview where he's talking about, hey, it's not about the money anymore. I mean, he's got plenty of money mm -hmm. and I, I can see multiple people on that team taking, you know, restructured deals to, to keep it all together. I don't think money. Plus, listen, it's the NFL. I mean, we've kind of figured it out by now. If, if they want to keep players, they'll find a way around the books yeah. like they'll, they'll figure it out. Uh, I, I think if they franchise tag Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers is done. And I, I honestly think he retires before he plays somewhere else. I think he's at that point in his life where he doesn't have to prove anything anymore. Uh, does he want to go start all over somewhere else? Is there an opportunity for him to go play somewhere? He says he, wherever he goes, he wants to have Adams. If Adams is franchise tagged, he's either playing in green Bay or he's retired. So right. to me, I think if they franchise tag Adams, which could happen at any point now, and if it happens, 
Rodgers, I think, retires. If it doesn't happen, I see. We, I think we see him run it back in Green Bay. I like I like the I like the, uh, the idea of you had earlier of, of Tampa Bay. You know, obviously Brady is retired or retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, they're most likely going to be losing Chris Godwin. Yep. Um, you know, maybe losing Gronk. So I think that if say he does decide to go to Tampa, they would be able to free up enough money where they could then also sign Devontae Adams, and then you have Mike Adams and Adams, Mike Evans and Adams right there as a one-two punch. Uh, that would be amazing. I think you're right, though. I think they're going to hold Aaron hostage to some degree in this sense based on what they do with Adams. I think that's a very good point. And if they do franchise tag him, the outs become basically uh, nil because, I mean, who's going to really offer up a first for Adams? I, I, I know I wouldn't at this point. I mean, yeah, is he worth a first? Sure. But would I do it for, you know, you want the youth movement. I mean, you don't want to look at what's happened in Arizona with DeAndre Hopkins and his salary. I mean, that's the kind of situation you're going to put yourself in. I don't know. This is going to be very interesting with Aaron Rodgers. And maybe that's why he didn't want to say anything today because he's waiting on on uh, Adams. But hey, it's gotta it's, be. It, it's it's interesting stuff for sure. Now, can I, let me ask you a question here. You said that you would you would not give up a first round pick for Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. <sighs> Depending, depending on what would team you, I am, would you give up a first round pick for Russell Wilson if you're a team that's quarterback needy? Yes, yes, okay. I would. I would. I would do it for Russell Wilson. No, just one though. I'm, or, you know, maybe a future first. Maybe it's two. So like this is draft first round, and then next year's that that one always to me is you know kind of the wash. But I'd give up two. I'm not going any further for for Russell Wilson at this point. Yeah, and that's what I'm, I'm thinking because my my whole thought is, if you're looking at a quarterback who's you know in his early 30s, you know, as opposed to a wide receiver that's in his late 20s, but somebody like Adams who can affect a football game, not as much as a as a quarterback because he doesn't have the ball in his hands as, as much as the quarterback does, but someone who can be just as productive and deadly, where teams have to game plan around a specific player, I think that's when their tra- trade value becomes a little bit more equaled out. It's like a D hop. It's exactly like what D hop did for Arizona. We didn't think it was going to pan out the first year. And then he just freaking lit it up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. and I think Adams is even better at this point than, than D hop is in, in their careers as oh, of today. Yeah. I, I think that's just how it is. But the difference though, is we don't really know for sure because Devonte Adams hasn't really had to deal with anyone else, but Aaron Rodgers. It's true. We've seen Deandre Hopkins perform with below average quarterbacks, his entire career for the most part. Great so, I mean, point. I feel that DeAndre is a little bit safer than Adams where Adams may have, I mean, he's got more of a touchdown type upside, but what is he without Aaron Rodgers? I mean, what if he goes somewhere with a below average quarterback? Sure. He gets paid somewhere or whatever they, I, whatever it is. I, I just think that this Hopkins is still slightly safer. What would you do if it was uh, the, the Raiders? If it's Derek Carr throwing at Adams, just say, I like that. I think okay. Derek Carr is still underrated. So I mean, I, I agree. I agree. I think so too. But I'm, I'm. You thinking he's having similar numbers, or it's going to have a little drop off? Because uh, DeAndre, I, DeAndre was a freak. I mean, he's playing with guys like Matt Schaub and Brock Osweiler, and still putting yeah. up fourteen hundred, right? So, and that's the whole thing is I think that somebody like Carr, who's still a four thousand yard passer, we may see the touchdowns come down slightly because it's not really an offense that's as high powered as Green Bay that can be so efficient. And Hunter Renfro is a route running god now. But I mean, hey, can you imagine? Imagine the Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams route running abilities on the same team. I mean, defenses would be, that's a nightmare right there. And I I don't hate that, but you you throw them somewhere else, maybe with, what if the guy goes stupid? You know, what if he goes to Houston and it's Davis Mills? Mm -hmm. 
why would they ever do it? I understand that. But I'm saying, like, if he goes somewhere with a below average quarterback, are we going to be as excited about Devontae Adams? No, probably not. Not to the point where the hype is at now. Yeah, that, and I think yeah. that's that's fair. I mean, and as great as a route runner that Adams is, I mean, his feet are just phenomenal. It's how he creates all that separation off the line of scrimmage. You know, he needs a quarterback that's going to be able to actually get him the ball. You know, and Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys that can just get it there in tight windows where a subpar quarterback is going to struggle a little bit. He's going to need Adams to create more separation from those defenders. What if he goes to Washington? Do we like it? Heineke? Yeah, not as much. No. You know what I mean? It's like, that's why I think you can throw Hopkins almost on all 32 teams and be like, eh, he's got a chance. (laughs) You know what I mean? Just because only because we've seen it. And I wonder, I really do. It's a great question and it's a great debate. I really do wonder if if Adams would be able to lift a terrible to uh, average quarterback to another level. I really truly wonder. I don't know. I personally think that, and again, it's tough to say because Adams has only had Rodgers, but just when I look at the film and I see, you know, like we're just comparing Hopkins to, to Adams. I do think Adams is the better football player. I think Adams is the better route runner. I think he has better hands. I just think that overall he's the better player. And again, it's tough to, to back that up with anything else because we haven't seen Adams, you know, consistently with anybody, but Aaron Rodgers. But I, are I we, guess for are me we say, are, are we saying Jordan Love? What if it's Jordan Love throwing him the ball? Dear Do God, we, right? I mean, that's a problem. <laughs> I don't that's know. A it's problem. a great. It's a. It's a great question. I, mean, I didn't even think about it that way. It's a great question. Who asked it? You did. I did. I just made a statement. You made a statement. Okay. Well, <laughs> well we're going to say it was a question. Great I question, like this. It, it turned into a question because right. we're sitting here debating. That's right. Well, well played, man. But Deshaun Watson is up next. And I mean, the stories are starting to come out. It's making my head hurt already because the legal issues, man, right, they've been. Hat you're wearing. It's nice, right? It's nice and blue. It's making your head hurt. I know. I don't... <laughs> Fuck. You know what it is? It's the, the, the NFL the logo is over his eye instead of yeah, the middle. It's, like an, it's, like almost, it's almost an eye patch. The yeah. daggers through the heart that I got to take for this shit. Like, <laughs> damn it. But I mean, it's the legal issues. I, I It's disappeared for like months now and and months and and there's no end in sight we don't understand what's going on but Tampa Bay and Minnesota have come in the running on Deshaun Watson and they're doing their due diligence they're doing their homework and Houston is saying they're still looking for three first round picks for this man I mean is there any credence to either one of these teams I would want to say okay Tampa Bay's kicking tires because they want to replace Tom but I mean, with the Kirk Cousins thing in Minnesota, you would likely have to deal Kirk away and then have a deal in place to get Deshaun. So it's almost like a three-way team trade, which would be crazy for us to cover. Um, But I mean, I don't know if I see this even happening and Deshaun stays in Houston again. I don't see anybody giving up three firsts, but I also don't see Houston holding on to him forever and just continuing to lose money every single year because they're not getting that offer. Now, if I'm Tampa Bay, as long as I want to keep the 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 crew together for the most part, I'll give up almost anything for Deshaun Watson if I'm Tampa Bay because they're one team. I mean, look at like the Rams, right? They kind of just bought a championship. You could basically mm. almost somewhat do that again in Tampa Bay, at least give an opportunity because they would cakewalk through the NFC if Deshaun Watson is their quarterback. I mean, that that's just the way it is, that, that, especially their division. I don't see anybody in their division going to challenge them to keep them out of the playoffs. And once they're in the playoffs, anything can happen. Uh, It's just, I don't, 
I don't, I think the price is ridiculous that they're asking for, but I think it's just more of a tactic. And I think the only reason he hasn't been traded is because a lot of people have like the unknown fears of what's going to come forward because of the legal issues. And until that's really cleared up, I don't, I don't think we see a whole lot happen. Yeah. So right now with Deshaun Watson's contract, um, once the new league year starts, um, I believe I forget what the date is, Charles, you'll know better than I do as far as when that contract kicks in. But the Texans will have a cap hit of over $40 million Why? on Watson's contract for this year, $42 million in 2023, where after that 2023 season, they can get out of that contract for a dead cap hit of only $5 million. What did they lose last year? Uh, they lost uh, $16 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like, I mean, which is nothing. You know, is, it's, yeah, not it's not a lot NFL wise, but that's still $16 million. You just flush down the toilet and now you're going to flush down 40. Yeah. Come on. I mean, I don't, so I, I, I think he's, I think he's gone this year, not for three first round picks um, because, but again, again, they're not going to just bench him all season long for 2022 and keep losing all that money. Um, I, I mean, as far as teams, I think Tampa Bay, yes, you give up whatever you need to do to get him. Um, picks and, right? and, and you know all the because it's going <laughs> to take those picks i mean how less need less need wrote the book on that baby nobody <laughs> needs draft picks anymore <laughs> but another uh, scenario i could see is maybe you know and they haven't we haven't talked about it but maybe the raiders you know maybe you throw in a first a third and Derek carr you know for an exchange for for watson and then you maybe you can you can lure Devontae Adams in if he doesn't get franchise tags. And then you have some pieces around there with a decent defense, you know, and then you have some some noise there in the AFC West. See, and I don't even think the three picks is the issue here. I think the contract is the bigger issue because how many teams can afford a $40 million cap hit at this point of the offseason without making crazy roster cuts or restructures? And we we know it can be manipulated, mm-hmm. but I mean $40 million coming off the open market via trade uh, for picks on return and you're not removing any cap from your team that's that's a that's a, i would not want to be the general manager of that team at that point and then on top of it if you were going to say okay fine we're going to trade two picks let's say two first for deshaun and it's a 40 million hit we'll restructure his deal or give him a contract extension to drop that cap hit so now you're extending him for potentially another five years and this is all with legal issues in in mind. So, I mean, I don't see how Houston believes they have leverage here. I'm so baffled with this Houston organization, the ownership group. I just, I don't get where you guys believe that you're selling uh, ice to like people in the Arctic, man. Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I, and maybe I think they're just holding off as long as they can. And they're just like, yeah. hey, we'll hold off. We'll see the best offers we can get. We're going to set the bar super high. And then we're just going to accept the best one that we can possibly get in return. As far as the cap hit for Tampa Bay, yeah, it would be huge. But, I mean, heck, look at all the people that could be potentially coming off their books this year, too. I mean, does Tampa Bay strike the fear into opponents if they lose a Gronk and they lose Leonard Fournette and they lose Chris Godwin and they just bring in Deshaun Watson? Is that enough? I Probably to win the division. It's not going to be enough to win the title. But, I mean, it, it's it's kind of intriguing. But I think more, more than anything, teams are just waiting to see what's going to happen with the legal issues because it just seems like maybe – Maybe it's just because he hasn't been in the quote-unquote public eye very much, but I feel like we haven't gained any information since the news broke. Like, we don't know any more today than we knew over a year ago. And that is, like, kind of kind of makes you think just a second, like, what the hell is really going on? Because it's not like it's always in the news. It's like, oh, yeah, forgot about Deshaun Watson. What else has happened? 
nothing like there's there's nothing yeah. that's groundbreaking news and that that's has to worry a lot of teams yeah and i believe the the lawyer of uh, of these women's did release a statement a couple of days ago you know about where they're at but it, again there hasn't been any movement and no. and it's interesting that you know this news about deshaun watson comes up again you know why because it's the off season at the end of the super bowl that's when the news comes up and I was looking at cap space for this year. There are currently four teams in the NFL that have $40 million or more in cap space Four. So there are going to be a lot of teams that would have to rework a lot of the books if they were trying to make a move for him. Do any of those four make sense for him? Um, well, the three of the four definitely don't need quarterbacks. You have the Bengals, the Chargers, the Jags, the team that has $56 million in cap space which is interesting the dolphins mm-hmm. so and, and he's Daniels been rumored already... to go to miami before he has right it has not panned out and here's the interesting aspect i wanted to pivot because we're talking about minnesota and kirk cousins so kirky boy has himself a 45 million dollar cap hit so coincidentally enough that's kind of why minnesota is being kind Gets of each other out in, together and it's saying hey look we'll give you a first maybe a second and we'll give you kirk and you guys give us deshaun and we're kind of swapping funds here and i mean those are the types of deals where you're gonna think yeah that makes a lot of sense to go through and i wonder if that's got more credence in something like a tampa bay even though minnesota has come out and said you know we're sticking and with or uh, i believe rap sheet broke it and said he believes that he's sticking it with uh, kirk in minnesota but then you also see the Panthers called minnesota trying to kick tires on Kirk and then people were saying why the hell would you do this I mean there's a lot going on right now and they're saying why would you do this but I've been of the opinion Matt Rule is on the hot seat and that seat is going to get hotter as the year goes on there's no way he's drafting a quarterback to develop them in his what is potentially his final season so getting Kirk Cousins to save his job because what would save Matt Rule in Carolina is is basically a playoff spot in a division that's very winnable now I mean you go get Kirk Cousins I don't know this whole thing with Kirk is very interesting when you throw Deshaun in the mix and a quick sidebar whoever negotiates the contracts for Kirk Cousins is a is a legend I know right this dude has made some serious serious money <laughs> in his crazy career. money crazy yeah. money for Kirk Cousins but I also think Kirk Cousins kind of falls into that Derek Carr category where I think he's underrated a lot of people don't like Kirk Cousins I think Kirk Cousins is very well uh you know capable of winning a Super Bowl uh he's never really proved that he can play on the big stage but I think if given the opportunity he has the the skills uh if if he's on dude if, if this dude goes somewhere and he can have some weapons all around with a solid defense. Kirk Cousins could put up some, some great numbers. Uh, I just, I don't know. I don't see that happening either. A swap for Houston. Yeah, it makes, you know, logistical sense because of the money. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't know why they want to get rid of Kirk Cousins in the first place. I mean, we've talked about this before. The NFL is a, a, a league that's run, if, if you don't have a, an all-pro caliber style quarterback, you're not going to, you have no chance. So, it'd be different if they were trading for Deshaun Watson, knowing the future was still bright, but you're going to take a gamble on a guy mm-hmm. and then potentially risk the the careers of Justin Jefferson and Dalvin cook and everything else they have on a, on a, on a hope. So I, mm-hmm. I don't see them doing that. Yeah. But Kirk, I was gonna, Kirk is go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, I was just going to say, as far as, you know, Kirk cousin and his, his contracts, he must have the same agent as Sam Bradford because those Dude. guys just get paid. Mm-hmm. Paid. So I just, 
I just did the calcs on what his deal was. He has made $196 million so far in his career. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. That's amazing. Like Amazing. Hey. Good Claps are right, man. Claps around Absolutely. for Kirky boy and his agent because they're living well. It's That's interesting awesome. stuff. But I mean, do do does Minnesota stay with Kirk Cousins after this year? I mean, this is the contract year, right? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, yeah I think 2022. It is too. He's he's UFA after this year. Do they stick? So here's the thing. Do they which way do they pivot? I mean, you're gonna have to pay. How old is this man right now? Um Kirk Cousins? He's 34. 34. 33, 33 and 195 days. So, I mean, these guys play till they're 40 anyway. Now, mm-hmm. do you re up him? Because I mean, he, he hasn't played bad. We could like 4,000 plus yard seasons. JJ's got a guy that can throw him the ball. Dalvin's still, this offense is good. Overall good. We do, we do criticize Kirk a lot because of the lack of clutch ability, but do you just stick the and this is a new coaching staff? So I mean, do they want to keep it? This is a lot. I love the offseason because so much to you know dissect and, yeah, and, and talk mean, about. And it goes back to the you have Justin Jefferson. I like KJ Osborne in the offense. They have other pieces. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith will come back this year after losing Irv Smith. Somebody totally forget about Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. And then you're gonna you're gonna do what? You're gonna draft a quarterback this year and then you're going to develop him for a year under Kirk Cousins, let Kirk walk, and then you're going to give the keys. Who out there are they going to draft that's going to be ready, that's going to contend any better than Kirk Cousins? I don't – No one this year. I, no one this year, and if Kirk Cousins stays this year, you're going to be a 500-ish team anyway, so you're not going to have a super early pick to get whoever's out there the following year. I, 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 if I'm Minnesota, given the, the pieces that they already have, I'm keeping Kirk Cousins. Yeah, and I, I don't like that. I mean, you know, he's shown that he's been he's been able to stay healthy throughout his career. You know, he doesn't miss games. He's going to get you 4,000 passing yards, 30-plus touchdowns, good completion rate as well. You know, he's good at protecting the football, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He hasn't really won on that big stage, which is a little bit of a concern. But, you know, as long as he's willing to take a bit of a pay cut and not expect, you know, $35, $40 billion a year, then, yeah, I'd be fine extending him for another three seasons, four seasons max. I can't believe it. I'm looking at this money. This is ridiculous. It's crazy. And you know what? He was the only guy that I remember that was actually happy to be on the franchise tag. That's two years. He made yes. like 40 million bucks in those two years. He's like, give it to me. Cause he wasn't going to make any bag at that point. Cause the RG three member. Yep. So he got the back-to-back franchise tags the last two years in Washington and hasn't made less than $21 million a year in Minnesota since, since he's left there. So yeah, dude is, and it kind of goes back to like once we see these veteran quarterbacks, like we were talking about Aaron Rodgers earlier, I think it's going to come to a point where if the Minnesota Vikings have an opportunity to make a run at all, I think Kirk Cousins is one of those type of guys that will restructure things to make things happen. He's not, he doesn't come across as the type of guy who's going to be greedy for money. He's made a buttload of it. Is he going to give it up for them to go out there and finish below 500? No. But if they have an opportunity, I think that he's somebody that that'd be willing to do something like that. Yeah, I do think that they need to. They're going to have to figure out something with that contract because, yeah, forty five million dollars is so much money. That's I mean, that's that's just over what, 20, 22 percent of the team's salary cap. Um, Ridiculous. You know, so there there are other players that they might be able to go to and, you know, and ask to restructure contracts a little bit because because right now, I mean, they're they're the Vikings are hurting for cap space as well. So they're going to have to make some moves 
to try to make some things happen there. But I think if they can just continue to focus on that offensive line, because that's their, for me, that's their biggest Achilles heel. I mean, there were so many games where Kirk was just running for his life. So you focus on the offensive line, shore up that secondary mm. and let the pass rush just do its thing. And I love that Patrick Peterson turned the corner back again to revitalize his career in Minnesota, barring those injuries. I, I love the sign. It was good. I mean, this Minnesota team could do some damage. They just weren't put together on defense, like you're saying. And that's that's the Achilles heel. And I, you got to restructure money somewhere. And, and I think Kirk's got to be the one to do it. I do think that they're and when I say their offensive line has been a big struggle, I think a lot of it also has to do with their youth. The majority of their offensive line is like 26, 27 years old and younger. I mean, you got guys like Brian O'Neill, for, who for me is one of the better guards in the league. Um, I think Garrett Bradbury at NC State is one of the best centers in the league or young centers in the league. So they have some pieces there. They have Christian Derrissaw as well. So as long as these young pick, offensive yep. linemen can develop and really just learn how to protect their quarterback, put all your efforts into the defense and just – make sure that you don't have to score 30 plus points a game to win. I can't get over Kirk Cousins money. Sorry. I just keep <laughs> scrolling through things. I was just trying to say where he ranks with everybody. So this is like unreal money. For In Kirk perspective, Cousins. Josh Allen is making a $16 cap hit this year. <laughs> Kirk Cousins $16? Six, uh, 16 million. Sorry. Oh, I was like, dude, $16. That's more. That's, that's cheaper than Six, a folding table. Sign me 16. Up. Yeah, man, we can jump through tables. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 16 million bucks to Kirk's 45. It's just crazy. Yeah, right now I take um, that bag. You know, <laughs> yeah, Kirk Kirk Cousins' contract um, average per year is about thirty three million, which is like eighth or ninth among quarterbacks right now. Unreal. But you Good know, job what? Kirk, he finishes right around quarterback eight or nine every single year. Yes, so does. I mean, technically, if you want to base it off a of salary and where he finishes, it's, he's, it, it's about right. Yeah, it's right, right, right around where he should be, I guess. You analytics people stand up and clap and take a bow because you guys are doing things right. Speaking of prioritizing free agents, man, I saw this today. It was kind of interesting, kind of baffling a little bit to me is the Dallas Cowboys want to prioritize re-signing Michael Gallup. And I'm, I'm confused. Why would you do this? You know, he's going to, okay. He, he tore his ACL, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe so. Okay, so maybe that's it. You're going to get him on a cheap, friendly deal to let him rehab and, and do his thing. But why would you do this in this offense? So then you got to tell me that Amari's got to be out the door or Zeke has got to be out the door somewhere. you got to be recouping funds because he's going to generate at least. I mean, I saw Christian Kirk is doing what, like $11.2 million on market value average per season. Gallup's going to be around that same target market. And really, you're going to pay $11 bucks a year for Michael Gallup? I, I just, I can't. My head. My head hurts. Not again. after what they're going to have to pay for Amari Cooper, too. Exactly. I don't. Well, that's I don't. the thing. Cooper's, Cooper's making over contract. $20 million, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's, looking, he's making over $20 million. And if they decide to say, let's say they decide to cut him, you know, pre-June 1st, they're looking at a dead cap hit of like $8 million there for, for Cooper. You know, Zeke's making $18 million. He's a $30 million dead cap hit if they decide to move him. So Horrible contract. It's a oh, terrible, terrible contract. So I just don't understand why they'd be prioritizing Gallup when they're already like $22 million in the red when it comes to their cap space in general. So that, that, that just seems, that seems like a Jerry Jones move to me. Plus you're not going to do that. You're not going to yeah. let, you're not going to walk Cooper anyway, knowing mm -hmm. that you're going to be reliant on Michael Gallup coming off of an ACL injury that he had in right. week 17. So, I mean, it's exactly. not like you're, it's not like you're, oh, I'm going to go with the younger guy who's cheaper. 
he may not even be ready 100%. So, I mean, right. it makes no sense. I think and Cedric Wilson, he stepped up. He looked good. I mean, you got a guy that can play. I, I'm so – it's got to be just semantics that Jerry Jones and his crew are throwing out there because I just don't get it. And, and, and honestly, they need to try to get away from throwing the ball 50 times a game anyway. Like, if they really want to start winning consistently and, and utilizing the running game more. So, I mean, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper – uh, you still got Dalton Schultz, Cedric Wilson, Tony Pollard in the backfield. You have plenty of options on that offense to go out there and still compete and win that division without having to prioritize a guy coming off ACL injury in week 17. I, I think it's kind of just media speak. That's, that's the other thing with them is uh, Dalton Schultz, I believe, is going to be a free agent this year. So they're, they're going to have to decide what they want to do with him. Maybe they'll give my boy Blake Jarwin a shot. We'll see. You know, no, he can't know. stay healthy either. No. Dalton, but no, my I, boy. But yeah, you're 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 absolutely right, Jake. I mean, this uh this season, Dak threw the ball 600, 596 passing attempts this season. Like you just you can't do that for especially with a guy that's coming off of an injury. Granted, it was his you know leg, not his arm. But you've got to preserve your franchise quarterback that you just paid a boatload of money to. Especially when you're, you know, doing that and sacrificing Zeke Elliott, who's making a ridiculous amount of money too. So what did you pay him for? Did you pay him for 15 touches a game? Because if you did, you way overpaid. Now, Zeke, sure, at times did not look great this past year. If he was dealing with an injury and a knee issue, okay, it is what it is. But you you don't soak up that much money in your backfield to turn around and really not use them consistently enough and then overwork your franchise quarterback. Yeah, it's just... It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense where the money's going there. And, um, and to not even use Zeke in the pass game was baffling to me as your check down. I, 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 yeah. I'm so confused with what Dallas is doing. I was just looking at, you know, pass attempts and, you know, how, how many f- passing attempts quarterbacks had. Um, you know who led the, the league this year in passing attempts? Mm. Tom Brady with 719. That's second most all time for single season passing attempts. At eight. And he's at age 44. Matthew Stafford threw the ball eight more times than he did when he was 24. And that mofo Tom Brady threw a career high in pass yards this year. 5,300. Yeah. And 44. Like, what is going on, Tommy boy? And he did it with injured weapons on offense. Unbelievable. Like, what would have happened had Chris Godwin and everybody been healthy all year long? Dude could have thrown for 6,000. And Giselle made him retire. Yeah. Well, he doesn't doesn't care. I bet you he wasn't evacuating anything from either. He's out there selling hundred dollar hoodies. He's he's not a hundred dollar hoodies and not (laughs) evacuating nothing. He's good to go, man. Mike Williams, man. He's in the news right now. Likely fetching is what uh, the term was fetching wide receiver one money. And I just, I don't like this either. Okay. He has not proven to be healthy on the regular. He concerns me all the time. I like Mike Williams. I really do. I mean, he came out strong and then faded again. This is kind of what we see from Mike Williams. And if you put him, you you can't make the argument to go put him on a better offense because playing with our boy Herbie and Keenan Allen and Eckler and that offense is loaded, man. Mm -hmm. So you can't tell me you're moving on to to greener pastures to, uh, you know, pad your stats. I mean, because top top wide receiver money, you're looking average uh, per annual is like 15 and a half to 19. And that's crazy talk for Mike Williams. What's crazy is somebody's going to pay it. Exactly. That's what's crazy is somebody out there. 
and I don't want to compare talent. So don't take these two names like out of context too much, but kind of reminds me of Corey Davis, right? It's mm. just kind of like, he's going to go somewhere. He's going to be the number one and he's going to fall off. You know I mean? It's just kind of going to be what I see with Mike Williams. He's in the perfect situation in LA, even though he's not the guy, he fits the style of offense that they need him to be there. It may, it may kind of suck for fantasy football time to time because he's very inconsistent, but he's not going to go anywhere and have a better opportunity, I think, than where he's at right now in L.A. I agree. And it's it's interesting. You know, you mentioned the injuries. People are going to look at his, say, his box scores, you know, his game logs and be like, oh, well, you know, he's only missed like three or four games over the last four seasons. And it's like, well, yeah, but he's just constantly on the injury report. Like he's always getting banged up. He's never, it feels like he's never 100% healthy. And outside of this past season where he had uh, 1,100, 1,200 yards and like eight or nine touchdowns, he's been a wide receiver too. Like he's had wide receiver two production outside of this season. Um, and so the fact that he's warranting that wide receiver one money, there's like you said, Jake, there's going to be a team that's going to be desperate and they're just going to throw a, just a, the absolute brink struck at him to bring him in. What if we talk about Mike Williams to Miami? Would we, would we hate that? If we, if we, if we teamed up yes. Mike Williams with, with a little Jalen Waddle, would we, would he for, really for, dislike that but for really? wide receiver one money? I know I get it, but they got, they got money to spend. Though. I don't, they do, but again, don't. Okay. Miami and teams that have a ton of cap space. Don't make the mistake that new England made last year and make your top five uh, paid players. Two of them tight ends. John don't, Smith. Okay? Yeah. Fucking John Smith. But no, I'm just, I think that you need to be smart about how you spend your money and where you have Jalen Waddle. Yes. Let him be your one. Mike Williams. Sure. I'm fine. If he's my number two, but not if I'm paying him, you know, more than what I would be paying Jalen Waddle, regardless of the, uh, you know, the rookie contract. Yeah, I think given the situation in Miami, new head coach, hmm. which which honestly I'm a little bit excited about Mike McDaniel. I, I'm, I'm like so hmm. excited. I'm so I, excited, and that's why I don't really want him to go there because I'm looking for Jalen Waddle to be like an absolute monster. Uh, I just don't know if I love it. We don't know what's going to happen there with Mike Gusecki yet. Uh, I mean, what's going to happen with Devonte Parker? I, I just think you keep throwing names into this offense. And you still really don't have like a quote unquote identity. Does is he does he trust in Tua? Uh, was all that talk just hype up Tua? Maybe he doesn't want to, Tua to be the future in Miami. We, there's just so many unknowns. That I don't know if you can lock up that much more money at a position that really isn't a need for the for the Miami Dolphins. I don't think they need a wide receiver one. I think they can. Honestly, I think that they're talented enough to – they kind of showed it the second half of this year, right? They're talented enough to go out there and win games. They have what it takes. They just started off way too slow and, and dug themselves a huge hole. I, I, I'm i excited for Miami. I don't think this is a sign that they need to, to go after, though. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. Go ahead. I, I think Jalen Waddell is a wide receiver one, personally. I, I do, too. Oh, absolutely he's, is. Yeah. He, he's not your prototypical alpha wide receiver, but he is that guy that he's too fast. He creates separation and he's just going to continue to make plays. I love the kid. I think he's phenomenal. Does, does yeah, Jalen Waddle have a, okay. Take this loosely, a Debo Samuel type role, not maybe to the extent of volume wise, but to where I could see Jalen Waddle being the guy that's getting the ball of the backfield time to time in Miami this year. And that's what makes my tail wag. Cause he may not be, I mean, he was what, 5'10? He, he's not overly huge. I don't know if he could take the beating of maybe like a Debo Samuel, but I think in certain situations, he could definitely be utilizing this offense out of the backfield and really provide that extra boost to a lot of people here this year. 
Absolutely. I think that you can use him in certain situations. I think he could be like a Debo, a, a Debo light yep. in, in you know, certain scenarios. Um, but he has the speed. Yeah, his frame isn't as big as Debo. So he's not someone that you can necessarily line up in the backfield a lot as or as much as they did with Debo towards the end of uh, the season. But definitely on you know plays that will at least free up the offense a little bit and put him in situations where he's going to succeed because he has that speed. He has that athleticism and McDaniel seems like the kind of guy who wants to get creative and to make opposing defenses think. I, I can totally see him doing the, the end of rounds, the double. That's reverses. where, that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah man. That the, just the jet sweeps. Absolutely. The jet sweeps. You can yep. even line them up in the back and you do the off tackle to the out and yep. you never know, man. Dude. Like you get a, you get a couple good blockers, line up everybody to the right side or something. And you, you go a sweep on him. You never know, man. One see him and he's gone. Yeah. And I, I can totally see that with this style of offense in Miami. And that's why I don't think Miami personally makes really big splashes this year because I think they have the pieces that they are needed. If they can try to bring back what they got, I, I think I think they could be contenders a lot quicker than people think that they could be. Yeah, I think I think if I'm Miami, I definitely try to get Gasicki back. You know, mm-hmm. granted he's not a good and he's not a good blocker by any means, mm-hmm. but he is such an athletic freak at the tight end position that he's going to be able to, you know, create fewer double teams for somebody like Jalen Waddle and have more one on one opportunities. And like you guys said, you know, granted we are not saying that Jalen Waddle is going to be Debo Samuel. Okay. But we are saying that given the right play calling, he's going to have opportunities to be a much more versatile player than what we saw from him last year. Yeah. And we saw some good things last year. So that we, we, we add anything to that. We could be looking at a a very special year for Jalen Waddle early on in his career. But yeah, he's like 30 pounds lighter than Debo Samuel. So he doesn't have that frame to take the beating. I'm not saying this guy's going to go get a hundred carries whatsoever, but I can see him going out there and getting 25 or so. And with his speed, he can definitely take it to the house and, and change, you know, the game quick. But I think what Miami has to do is they got to focus on what are they going to do with the running game? Because Mm -hmm. if they can't develop a running game, it's all for not for the most part. Anyway, are they going to commit to somebody? I don't know. I mean, he's coming from San Francisco where they have a failure to commit to running backs there as well. Do they have a running back on their roster they want to commit to? I, that's another question. I, I think until they, they really figure out what they want to do in the backfield, to me that may be like their number one thing here this offseason. Let's just figure out what is it we want to be. Do we want to be a pass-heavy team? Do we want to bring back Gusecki? Do we want to have Waddle? Do we want to have these guys on the outside to, to just go down there and try to outscore you? Or do we want to be able to have that kind of ground and pound game as well and, and sacrifice some of the potential upside of our pass catchers for it? And, and until they figure that out, I there's a lot of question marks. And I think the Tua argument is where that comes in, is how much do you trust Tua to be that guy? Can he be uh, consistent in 30-point production week in, week out? And I agree. I think that, you know, it's time to let go of the Gaskin thing, the uh, Akmod thing, everything. Just get rid of these guys. They're good secondary backs that you can have change of pace. Go to the draft, man. you got guys like Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker in this offense he is going to be very good. And I don't like it because I'm a Bills fan. But for Miami fans, if you guys are watching this draft, Kenny Walker the third is your name that you want to be watching because he's got the speed, he's got the athletic ability, he's got the movements, and he's a bruiser, man. And he can actually be one of those guys. He's like a Javante Williams to me. And, and what else could you ask for from your running back to take pressure off your passing game? And especially when you've got a guy that's lights out speed like Jalen, God, man, you bring Gusecki back, like you said, use him as your slot presence, use Waddle all over the field, 
And then you use a, a little Kenny Walker. Tua's going to have a great year. I, that's kind of where I'm going if I'm look, the GM in, in Look Miami. at the same state that they're in. There's a guy that could be a potential free agent in Florida. What about Leonard Fournette? Exactly. Same thing. You signed Leonard Fournette. He protected Tom Brady. You know, you don't have to worry about the pass blocking as much. He's capable of catching passes out of the backfield. He's a veteran leadership on a very young team. I mean, I think somebody like him would make a lot of sense, too. I, I, I agree. Uh, one guy that I'm actually was looking at is either bring back Duke Johnson, who played very well for them towards the end of last year. Another guy I'm looking at who can give you, you know, kind of that that ground and pound game, but also can catch passes out of the backfield is go out and try to sign James Connor. I loved what he mm, did last year take in Arizona. My car, my car I think, I think Connor with the dolphins would be a great fit. I agree, Shot, but he's not leaving Arizona. Fired. He's shots. not leaving Arizona. Are, are you going to make, you're going to make sure of that. He's shots. not leaving Arizona. <laughs> they shots have to bring back. Fired. They have to bring back James Connor. If, oh, they if, don't, if they know it's good for them. Yes. If they don't, they're basically conceding. Because he right, was right. their team second half of the year. He's the one that propelled them to where they were. Yeah, even though the season ended horribly, James Conner was like the lifeblood of that team. And they, there's no way they can let him walk. There's no way. They just can't. Yeah. What are you going to do if you let him walk? Because Chase Edmonds is a free agent too, but Chase Edmonds isn't a three-down guy. Nope. So then what are you going to do? You're going to draft somebody? Okay. Like who? Nope. I've heard maybe there are some free agents out there. I've heard Leonard Fournette going to the, the Cardinals too. I, why? Just keep the guy that already knows the system. Mm-hmm. I'm going James Conner. Don't you dare take him from my Cardinals. What if, what if you, what if, you know how this, let, let Connor go to Miami and you can have Melvin Gordon. No. Mm, okay. I, I mean, I, I, that's, that's very close to the line for me. <laughs> that's very close. I still make prefer James Conner, but look I it's him, closer. You're closer. See, this is how negotiations go in the NFL. We're, we're showing you guys a little bit of something here. Yeah. <laughs> like throwing around Monopoly money. I'll give you a fifth round pick too. Yeah, I'm sure you would. Well done. Well done. Speaking of weird things, Brandon Cooks, man, I saw this and I was a little bit, uh, you know, sad for the man because it appears that the Houston Texans appear to be wanting to, you know, move on from Brandon Cooks. What does this man have to do to stay on a club? Even the shittiest team in the entire NFL, this man can't even stay on. Six out of eight years, 1,000-yard wide receiver, and that's minus his one rookie year where he had 500 and then one sprinkled in there. Five of uh, five years out of his eight years, six TDs or more with a topper of nine. What is wrong with this NFL and Brandon Cooks? He's still under 30. What is he, 28, 29 years old? Good Lord, like put some respect on this guy's name. All he does is produce and everybody wants to get rid of him. I just I, I I'm so confused today. The blood you know where he needs to rising. go. Fuck. He needs to go back to New England. Ooh. Ooh. interesting. That's where I think he needs to go back. Now, does that happen? I have no idea with logistically how that would work, but I, I think I mean, he's been there before he produced while he was there. They're in desperate need of some veteran leadership at the wide receiver position of somebody who can actually produce something. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense for him to go back to New England. Yeah, and also the one thing that with you know with with Brandon Cooks is he can play in the slot, he can play outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, he doesn't give you that big body, you know, red zone threat, but hell, neither did and kill Harry at six foot four, so that's out the door. <laughs> but still, you don't they, need it. You got tight ends for red zone. You don't need anything. That's right. Um, the one year he think, was in yeah. New England, 1,082 yards and seven touchdowns on only 65 receptions. Now, yes, that was with Tom Brady. But, sure. yeah, I mean, Mac, Mac Jones is no slouch. I think Mac Jones is going to improve year after year. But I, I think if they don't give this guy some more help, he could be 
he could be doomed at some point because he just, I mean, come on, can we really rely on Kedrick Bourne and no. Nelson Aguilar? I mean, how long can we really do that? And we've talked about Mac money's ability to hit the, the speedy wide receivers deep and people don't think mm-hmm. he can go watch his last year at Bama. And you will see, man, he had speedsters all over the field, mm-hmm. like a Jalen Waddle, like a Devonte Smith. And he was hitting them in stride, man. These guys were not pulling up for Mac money. Jones, his timing is perfect. Chris, I mean, he, he had he had the number one accuracy completion rate out of any FBS quarterback his senior year in mm-hmm. deep balls of 20 yards or more. So the guy is accurate when it comes to throwing that deep pass and that timing. It's just pinpoint timing. He knows when to release that ball. No, I think Man. I think if 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 one can get a speedster like Cooks and then if, if they wanted to go out and not sign a, a free agent, but if they wanted to go ahead and draft somebody, doesn't have to be the first round, but one of those second round wide receivers that could be hanging around, you know, maybe like a, um, I don't know, so a couple of guys that might be around right then, um, like a George Pickens maybe, because I love his size, mm-hmm. you know, and then worry about defense in that first round because everyone's saying that they should go linebacker. But I like that. Uh, I like that Cooks call quite a lot i don't i I got one question for you jake i got one question for you jake why do you keep on insisting on bringing more players to the afc east what is your problem Hmm. right now why are you doing this to me every suggestion you've made tonight is afc east well do you realize i root for the nfc he hasn't mentioned the bills fuck yeah Yeah, well the bills don't need anything they don't need anything other than to get rid of zach moss that's all they really need to do in buffalo uh it's just as crazy as it is, I think the AFC, we're going to start seeing a lot of teams have to feel like they're going to have to load up because that that conference is going to be stacked for decades. And teams realize that if we don't load up now, we have zero shot. Like we're playing for nothing if we don't continually bring offensive weapons in. And I, I think a lot of players are going to start seeing some silly money because teams realize that they're going to have to overpay to get some of these playmakers just to compete. Yeah, because when you look at the AFC and you look at the quarterbacks that they have, Dude. the top contending teams in the AFC all have quarterbacks for the most part that are 26 years old and, and younger, yep. like between 22 and they're and 26. Good. <laughs> like they're not they're they're just, young they're, quarterbacks. Oh, and, and they're, they're top. They're, they're top 12 yeah. quarterbacks in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be scary, man. There's gonna be a lot of heartache, man, for a lot of years because these games are gonna be stress. How does it feel that your window's already closed, Chouse? Just stop, man. Please just stop <laughs> it. You know what? Let's closed. finish this off, guys. Why it's don't not we finish closed, this off? But it's, it's like cracked. No, it it's was not, wide open. Oh, yeah, it, it is. Was, it was. Wide. It was wide the hell open. It was, it was wide open. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't I even was... a screen on that window like a year ago. Seriously, I know. And now I it's know. like, mm, let's just start closing this thing. And then you, and and was... then you kind of let out a little fart and you just had to crack the window a bit. Yeah. Man, I don't know why. You know, these things happen to me. Why do good things happen to good people? Like, seriously, man. Don't you want good things to happen to good people? (laughs) What did I just say? say, You you said, I want, why can't good things happen to good people? Yeah, that's me right here. (laughs) No, why can't bad, you want bad things to happen? Why do bad things always happen to good people? Okay, whatever, man. I's tired. Okay, I'm tired. I swear. It's always something. I can't get any analogy right these days and. Good God, man. But we got some Dynasty games, man. Uh, Jake, I don't know if you've ever played Dynasty games with us. It's kind Probably of not. I'm a natural, though. Yeah, he's a natural. We don't need to. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't even know what I'm doing. Dynasty You're gonna games. You're going to love it. Dynasty games. You got to sing, though. We about to play some Dynasty, Dynasty games. games. <laughs> we just That's lost it. We got a little trio. But hey, man, stick around because it's good. So we, your choice. Pick one for Dynasty football. We'll start with quarterbacks. Joe Burrow or Kyler Murray? 
I hate you. See, I did it for you. Just I mean, you. I, I love me some Kyler Murray, obviously as an Arizona Cardinals fan. But if I'm being completely honest, I'm going Joe Burrow. I think long-term, Joe Burrow has the safer outlook than Kyler Murray, but they both have crazy high ceilings early on that I'm not really sacrificing anything. So I kind of just take the safer route, but still have the high ceiling. I mean, Joe Burrow with the weapons that he has and Kyler Murray with a bunch of question marks. You know what I mean? It's uh, As of right now, I'm going Joey B, even though it pains me to say that. Yeah, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the slight edge to Kyler Murray here because of the mm. the additional upside he gives you with his legs. Like he can get you 50 rushing yards and potentially a touchdown just from his legs alone. Um, I do question the cast around him and some of the play calling that we saw this year. Uh, but I'm gonna I am gonna give the slight edge to Murray here. Wow, I'm I'm gonna be the tiebreaker today. I love this. This is great news. I'm gonna go with Joey B too, and it's 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 only because. I did not like how the uh, the Cardinals finished this year. And does that reflect what they're going to be in the future? No, but could it? Because I was a Kingsbury guy and you guys know, I've been very supportive of this man in his tenure in Arizona. And I couldn't stand how he finished that season. I get it. Kyler was playing with that bum ankle after the green Bay game. I completely understand. And he has the rushing upside. And if it is between the two of them, it's going to be a very difficult choice in fantasy drafts. No question. It's a slight edge, man. It's like one A, one A with a little bit of like Kleenex in between them separating. Whoa. Like that's that's how close it is. I I, lo- I love the the rushing upside of Kyler Murray. Obviously, the problem is I think as these lower body injuries continue to rack up, I think we see less and less of him running, and that's where I get a little bit worried. Is like we're starting to see the point to where I mean, look at last year. What did he have? He only had four hundred yards rushing last year, which I mean is still. A lot for a quarterback, but that's down from 819 the year before. 400 yards rushing is somewhat, I don't want to say like negligible. You know, I mean, it's it's great, but it's not Kyler Murray great. And if we start to worry about him going forward, I think that the touchdown upside of Joe Burrow in the passing game can kind of offset the potential that we can kind of get from the rushing upside of Kyler Murray long term. It just leaves it a little bit safer. That's fair. No, I, I hate it. No, you can't. Should hate it. Just, I hate Justin it. I hate Fields, that I'm not picking my own guy. Justin Fields or to a tag of a Loa. Oh God. I'm I'm going Fields here. No see you later, Nagy. Yes, he's not gonna have Allen Robinson, but I like the potential. I love the chemistry he has with Mooney. Um, I think Cole Komet is gonna be an up and coming, you know, star as a tight end. So for me, I'm going with I'm going with Fields. Uh, you're gonna have to play tiebreaker again, Chouse, because I'm going to a for the only reason Ooh. the only reason I'm going to a I love this dynasty is, game. is the new addition of the coaching staff. Mm. Yeah. Now, once again, I think maybe the safer option is Fields because we kind of know that he's stuck in Chicago for the next few years. We don't even know if they're bought into Tua in Miami, but, but Tua has multiple weapons. He doesn't have a running game that he's going to lose a lot of touches to right now, which is a a downfall overall, but for fantasy purposes, we know he's going to have to throw the ball because they're not committed to the run as of yet. He's got that opportunity, and two is very efficient, right? We kind of know that he's not going to ever be a guy to go throw for 350 and three touchdowns a game. Like, that's not really what he is, but he can go out there and get you 225 and two touchdowns weekly. And I think with this new offense they're going to have in Miami and his current weapons, I think the short-term future for him right now is slightly better. Maybe, yeah. 
five years down the road, we're talking Justin Fields, but in Dynasty, I'm not playing for five years down the road. I'll figure it out in four years, you know, what's going to happen. Then I still want to win right now, and I think Tua gives you the better opportunity right now. This is such a tough one because I like everything Miami's doing. I love the coaching staff. Like we said, Waddle's my guy. But I got to lean towards JF, Justin Fields, because... I mean, I just I think, you know what, he's like that thoroughbred in the barn that just needs to be unleashed. And it's like you've got to break his mane. And Matt Nagy held him back like a small jockey that couldn't get him to run. And I I, I like Justin Fields a lot. I think I think he's a lot better than what we saw on the field last year. And it's no knock on Tua because I think he is a he is likely the safer option. But in this respect, I'm gonna say for ceiling purposes, I'm going Justin Fields on this one. Can you tell me one of his wide receivers outside of Darnell Mooney? Yeah. Can you? Yeah. No, not right now. There you go. I know. I know. It's a problem. I get it. And I mean Bird and I love there. Mooney. I mean Bird I love is me some Bird, Bird is there. Come on. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> I say that's a that's a stretch. He's Travis. a free it's agent a, too. I Bird's know, a free agent. I know it's a problem right Marquise now. Marquise Goodwin's a free agent. They're all free agents. Yeah. Jakeem Grant. All you got is Darnell Mooney and Daz Newsom. Do they still do oh, they still Daz, Anthony my Miller? boy Daz? I forgot about Daz. Oh, come on. He's good stuff, man. Come on, go back on Headliner U and go look at that scouting report. Yeah. No. Daz Newsom. Daz Newsom. <laughs> it's a good one. Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts? What are we doing with these two gentlemen? Uh, I'm wow. I don't really love either. If I'm being completely honest, mm-hmm. if I had to choose one, I'm going Jalen hurts because we said it before Trevor Lawrence even played in the NFL. I wasn't entirely sold that he was going to be the next golden boy as he was touted to be. And what really bothered me is even though he had some drama in his rookie year with urban Meyer, I didn't see like any improvement for the entire season. Like, there was not one thing where I could really go back to it and be like, oh, you know what? Yeah, they sucked. They weren't very good. But Trevor Lawrence made these progressions here. Like, I didn't really see it. At least with Jalen Hurts right now, he seemed to, at times, start to grow a little bit in the passing game. He's got pass-catching weapons. If Jalen Rager can figure out how to catch the ball, that would be amazeballs. Uh, Another team not overly committed to the run, and he steals a lot of their running work, and it results in a lot of rushing upside, a lot of rushing touchdowns. So, in my opinion, I'm sticking with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so you already know where I'm going with this. Hurts is, is my boy. He's another one of those classic examples where he's not a good real-life quarterback, but he's a phenomenal fantasy quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and as long as he can stay healthy, we're going to continue to see him run and just rack up those rushing yards. And also to Jake's point where you know he mentioned Lawrence not really showing a lot of signs of improvement a rookie that we did see signs of improvement later on in the season, Zach, Mother- Zach Wilson. 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 Exactly. <laughs> yep. I didn't even know where you were yep. going, but as soon as you said that, I knew exactly what we were talking yeah, man, about. Because we, yep. we're all big Wilson fans. I'm, I'm with you guys. It hurts for me as well at this point. I mean, I like what Philly's building. I like, you know, if they add another wide receiver to this room, say like an Allen Robinson, I, I love it. I think that you bring in the veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like how Smith played. They started to find their identity as the year went on. I'm going hurts as well. Running back time. Let's go. Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. Some of the big boys, CMC for me. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the injuries, but for someone that can do it on, you know, both ways, he can running, receiving McCaffrey for me, even though I've dropped him down a little bit, my rankings, he's still my RB three in dynasty right now. All right. It's time for you to, uh, 
be the decision maker, Chouse, because I'm going with Dalvin Cook. And the reason mm-hmm. for that is what what's going to happen in Carolina? This, who's the quarterback going to be? We don't know yet. What's going to happen with the coaching situation? I don't know. Matt Rule may be out next year anyway. Uh, who do they have on the outside to throw to? Well, Robbie Anderson's going to be gone. We love us some DJ Moore, but heck, he could not be there for much longer either if they can't figure things out. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Carolina Panthers. And you can turn around and say, hey, that means that they can just dump it off to Christian McCaffrey all the time. And we've seen when he gets that huge amount of volume, as of late, guy can't stay on the field. We know in Minnesota that they're committed to Dalvin Cook. He's not really splitting touches with Alexander Madison when he's healthy. Basically, the guy like what separated his shoulder and was back like the next week anyway. I mean, it's just the guy is getting huge volume in Minnesota. He catches passes out of the backfield. He's a big play threat. He's getting you know rushing touchdown opportunities. In my opinion, even though Dalvin Cook isn't exactly a model of health, I think that not only is he safer, but the the difference between the two of them ceiling wise is almost minimal at this point, just because of the the injury risk concern there with Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going. I'm going Dalvin Cook at this point. If if health wasn't a question right now, I would say it's still CMC for me, but I can't do that because uh, this is two years in a row now with significant time lost for Christian. I, I got to concede. I mean, for me, I've always questioned Dalvin Cook's injury history as well because he always gets injured at the worst possible time for our fantasy seasons. It's week 13, 14, 15, and you're like, come on man i'm in the damn playoffs how can you you know but for me i agree i think they're both studs we get it and the injuries are what's creeping up and i gotta go dalvin as we sit today it is still very close though nick chubb or saquon what are we doing here it's chubb without a doubt and i'm and that's not just coming that's not even coming from a, a chubb lover like myself that's just saquon another one of these guys he's racked up some serious injuries over the years and he's on an offense that is horrendous despite having a ton of talent there's you know questions at the quarterback position going forward it just doesn't seem like there's anything going right in new york and even when saquon barkley was getting somewhat of an opportunity dude's averaging like two and a half yards per carry like i i get it like that's cool he still has that that big playability from time to time but it doesn't happen frequently enough for me to be like he's worth the risk of throwing in there now he's almost a liability so I'm going with Nick Chubb. Does Nick Chubb always finish inside the top 10, the top 12 every single week? No, he's a little bit more touchdown dependent, but he's also on a team that should be running quite a bit. I know Kevin Stefanski decided he wanted to try to get cute last year, but going forward, they have to go back to what works. Baker Mayfield is not a guy that can drop back and throw the ball 30, 40, 50 times and you be successful and win the game. They need to be a run first team. Nick Chubb gets volume. He's a guy that's going to go out there and get you 1,300 yards a year. He's going to flip with double-digit touchdowns every single year, and it's something I really don't have to worry about. He's safer. I'm still going, Chubb. All right, Charles, you're going to have to be the decision maker on this one again. <laughs> so I'm going, and, and it's I close because it. I have them. I literally have them ranked back to back in my in my rankings. Um, I do give Barkley the edge. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, and I absolutely could see him leaving the Giants to go to a team that actually has an offensive line that can block, an offense that knows what they're doing, and could fit around you know his skill set, which is damn near everything. Yes, health is the question for sure. The last two seasons, he's been banged up. He had the ACL tear. You know, he got banged up again this year. But where he does have an, he is going for a new contract this year. And then going forward, if he can get into a better situation than what he's currently dealing with for the Giants, 
then I think he could easily jump back into being a top five fantasy running back like he's been talked about for the last few years. So for me, I'm giving the edge to Saquon. I hate this one, even though I brought it up. I hate it with a passion. And it's the closest of ever measures, but I got to lean to my, okay, I'll put it this way, actually. My heart says Saquon. My mind says Nick Chubb. And, you know, sometimes you got to follow your love and, and your love goes to Barkley. So I'm, I'm, it's the slightest of edge right now. We're drinking the Kool-Aid. I love me some Barkley when he's healthy. He's just too damn good. And I, 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 you know what, my selfishly, I want to see him wearing Buffalo gear. And that's, that's what I want to see. Wow. That's not going to happen. Come to Buffalo, you unrestricted free agent, play with Josh and Diggs, and then we win Super Bowls for five years. See, it's come to New England where they actually have an offensive line. You have running backs. We have an offensive line. What's crazy, though, is you bastard. Actually, you know what? Let me let me Google it here. Let me pull up Nick Chubb's season stats here because I don't I don't have it right in front of me. So we got Nick Chubb season stats. Uh, He has had at least at least minimum eleven hundred and forty five yards from scrimmage and eight touchdowns a year in all four years that he's played. Mm -hmm. He's had. 1400 yards in two of the four years played and had over 10 touchdowns in two of the four years played saquon barkley has only hit 1400 yards he hasn't hit it since 2019 and in that year he had 1400 yards and eight touchdowns his last i guess you could say good season he only played in 13 games so he was he was doing great but now we're talking about a guy for three straight years almost because even that three years ago in 2019 he missed some time that hasn't done what nick chubb almost does regularly so we're, we're hoping to get production that we saw four years ago. We're hoping on a trade or a, a free agent signing somewhere. We're hoping he goes somewhere with a, an offensive line. It's like there's a lot of hope there, and everything needs to align for Saquon Barkley where we can just say, oh, it's already aligned for Nick Chubb. He's, is he really going to go somewhere and go back to the guy that's getting 2,000 yards from scrimmage from 2018? Like, uh, and and that's why I said it's the heart versus the mind, and you you eloquated that perfectly. It's if you're going for the option that produces consistently right now, it is Nick Chubb mm-hmm. with, without question. It's 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 the hope because of what Saquon is that still you know creeps in and says, just you know date me. L- look for at it just this year. One more year. One look more year. year. Th- say 2021 ended and Saquon Barkley finished the year played in 13 14 15 games whatever and he finished up with 1400 yards and nine touchdowns would you be happy i'd be happy that's what nick chubb got exactly <laughs> I you know, know what i mean i know i know what you're saying i know where you're and, going. Uh, but I'll, I'll take i'll take so the, you got the me all flustered throwing my mic my i'll take the two around. years of youth that barkley has over chubb and you know what it is i'll take the receiving upside for barkley in that sense because we saw what that that second year or that first year was like 96 receptions so it's first year First year, so and yeah. and his and his and his second his second year he still had 500 receiving yards. Sure, and I mean that's where 438. You get that <laughs> 438, you <laughs> bastard. Okay, let's move on. Cam Akers or J.K. Dobbins? I mean, up until about two weeks ago, I would have said Cam Akers, and then Ethan started talking about things that I started paying attention to, and now all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know if I want to go Cam Akers. I love the commitment to Cam Akers in L.A., but we still haven't seen J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore, really. I mean, for a full season as the man for the most part. Coming off of a torn ACL, not ideal. Cam Akers has come back from a torn Achilles, but honestly, 
can any of us say that Cam Akers looked good? Like he got great volume and at times he looked okay, but consistently overall didn't look great in the playoffs, which I totally understand. Dude, it's like basically an Avenger for coming back from a torn Achilles as fast as he did anyway. But I look at it as the Baltimore Ravens being one of the best running teams in all of football with a running back that we've been super high on since he came into the NFL. And now that he should finally get a chance and be a hundred percent healthy, I can't go against him to go to somebody who recent eye test says he just doesn't have it right now. So I'm going to go with JK Dobbins. All right. So I'm, I'm going with acres here. And I'm saying that because I do think that LA, they rushed him back. He, I don't think he should have been playing in the playoffs at all. Um, and so the fact that he was sluggish, you know, the fact that he wasn't showing exactly what maybe people had thought, but also let's keep in mind the teams he played against since his return, the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Bucks, the Niners, and the Bengals, all teams that were in like the top 10 in run defense this year, like it was going up against tough run defenses. And especially coming off an injury like that, I think they should have just sat him for the entire year, had the offseason. And for Dobbins, yeah, who knows how he's going to react and come back from that ACL. For me, I think the upside is and the consistency is going to lie with Akers just because in Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins is going to be competing for rushing attempts with his own quarterback. And I think that does help. It kind of it limits his upside there from a rushing standpoint. So for me, I'm going to give the edge here to Akers. God, I hate this one, too, because, you know, it is volume dependent and how I just did the, the Baltimore Ravens workbook. And I mean, how they're set up to continue to go is through the run. And I think when you saw what they did at the end of that season before Lamar went down is they went back to the well and kind of utilized what worked for that team. They were became run heavy again. Uh, they weren't asking Lamar to do anything, you know, outrageous. And, and they started going back to Mark Andrews. That's the staple of this offense. And then you start to you split it around outside to whatever wide receiver. I am terrified for this ACL for this upcoming season, only because of how we saw Saquon Barkley come back. They nursed him along. They nursed him along. You got six games. And then all of a sudden, now they started feeding him a little bit more. I hate the Achilles, though. I, I hate it. I, I For me, it's all about cut lateral movements where that is kind of Akers' game. He, if he can morph his game into being a one-cut runner, which we kind of saw in the playoffs, it was the one cut up the middle and go maybe, but this one sucks. I hate it completely, but I got to lean towards JK because the 23 years old, you know, nine month recovery, potentially from an ACL that we've seen guys come back from even running backs, wide receivers. It's, it's to me, it's, it's almost not, I don't want to say it's not close, but it's, it's a lot further away from me only because I, the Achilles man, I just, I, it's so hard to trust for running backs that it's like your Liz Frank, where we're talking Travis at the end, where a guy we've never seen, it scares the shit out of me, even though I love the talent, love the potential of like a cam or, or uh, at the end, I just got to roll with JK here because I think it's a little bit more comfort factor based on the ACL recovery. And when you look at JK Dobbins, the last time when he played two seasons ago, he was competing with Lamar Jackson still for those touches. Also had Gus Edwards, who had over 150 touches. Had Mark Ingram that year for partial year. He had 80 touches. And J.K. Dobbins still led the backfield with 925 yards, or 800 yards rushing, 925 total yards, and nine touchdowns. So he's used to splitting the work. The thing with, with Baltimore is 
they're running the ball so much that they can afford to still use Lamar in the running game and have multiple options. Gus Edwards is probably going to be back there again this year as well. But we've we've shown that they they have so much volume there that J.K., in my opinion, is kind of like an Aaron Jones-ish type running back where he doesn't need 25 touches a game to go out there and put up a solid game. You go out there and you give him 15, he can put up a great number. Where Cam Akers, on the other hand, I think that he's somewhat dependent on getting over 20 touches a game. And if L.A. brings back everybody that they want to bring back to run it back, now teams are you know, going to be giving their best shot. They're going to have to try to score a lot of points. They're not just going to abandon the passing game. I still talk about you know Matthew Stafford. How many pass attempts did he have this year? Sure, some of that had to do with Cam Akers going down. But I just don't think that – I don't know if I can buy into Cam Akers and – the the need for the huge volume i don't need that huge volume from jk dobbins and the the high the big play upside is still there yeah and i think and also you know we're, we're talking dynasty here so for me and i know everyone constructs their teams differently mm-hmm. but for me i am looking at that five-year window you know i want someone that i'm going to have on my team for the next five years or so and I have both Akers and Dobbins, you know, in, in a couple of my leagues. So I'm hoping that they both, you know, come back and absolutely crush it. Now but, you're being selfish. Well, yeah, because I have really good teams. That's good. But, but like yeah, it. but if, so I, I, I really hope they both come back and they, they perform outstandingly well. So, but as far as, you know, having to pick between the two, I, I do give the edge to Akers. Fair enough. And we'll, we'll finish this off with wide receivers. We got a little JJ versus chase. What are we doing here with these big studs? <laughs> oh, you would give me Jamar no. chase. Ooh. I'm not, not going to think about it too much because wow. who, what, what's the next five years look like for Jamar chase? It looks like Joe Burrow, right? Mm-hmm. What's the next five yards or five years look like for J- Justin Jefferson. We just talked about Kirk cousins where we have no idea what happens if Kirk cousins is gone after this year. And they totally, go the rookie quarterback route that I got to worry about Justin Jefferson and starting all over again. I'm not going to have to start over for years for Jamar chase. So that's where I'm going. Jamar chase. That's all I have to say. Yeah. That's all he's got to say. And I, you know what? We're going to round it out with a triple threat. It's Jamar. Chase. Look at this yeah. for the victory. We all agree in this one, even though we, we love some JJ. He's just, Oh, absolutely. oh yeah. hundred oh, percent. It's, it's just about the semantics that go around. If Kirk cousins had four years left on his deal there, I think I think about that a lot closer. Yeah, absolutely. CD Lammer, Debo. Hmm. Well, now that they're well, they want to bring back Michael Gallup, that only hurts CD Lamb some. So I, I think Debo being his new wide back position, uh, is what he wants to call it, isn't going to change. And I don't know if opposing defenses can scheme enough to totally take it away. The guy is so electric, he proved that he can handle you know excess volume this year. And I, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go with Debo. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go CD Lamb here because I don't know if they bring back Michael Gallup or not. Um, and even if they do, they're gonna have to let somebody else go. So maybe Amari Cooper is the guy they, that they let go there. Um, I do think CD Lamb, 22 years old, still the you know the future of this offense. And I do see them continuing to try to just throw the ball and be a pass happy offense. Yes, their defense was improved this year. But I think that their defense is still going to be giving up a good amount of points. They're going to have to throw their way back into a lot of games over the years. So for me, give me, give me CD Lamb. I hated how the Cowboys finished the year off, not throwing a CD Lamb the way they did. That hurt me. Like, I hate it because I'm a huge CD Lamb guy coming out of the draft uh, two years ago. He was my top ranked wide receiver. 
and I got to stick with CD Lamb. I think he is a general, generational wide receiver out, a wide receiver alpha in this league. And and once Amari Cooper gets, you know, shown the door, I think that's where we're going to see the elevation of, of CD Lamb. May take a year for it to come to fruition overall, where I do love how they are manufacturing ways to get Debo the ball. That also does come into a little bit of fear tactic for me because is it sustainable? Can it be this all the time with Debo? Now with Trey Lance, obviously you're going to have more uh, electric ability in read options. So he is going to get more, more ways to manufacture the, to get the ball. But I, I, I love CD lamb's alpha ability over Debo at this point, even though we can probably say Debo is quote unquote alpha as well. I think one of the biggest differences between all of us is you guys look to the future a lot more than I do. I'm not, I'm not playing for the future because I want to win now. Like I don't play any game. I don't care if it's video games. I don't care if it's fantasy football. I don't care if it's bump out with my son in the cul-de-sac. Like I'm playing to win right now. And I want to win right now. And being that as of right now, Amari Cooper is still there. There's still question marks. What are they going to do in the running game? Debo is, we talk about a generational talent for CeeDee Lamb. I I think Debo is kind of, being undersold a little bit because of his first two years in the league and everybody kind of writes this off as a fluke but if it's not a fluke we're all going to look back and be like damn talk about generational talent it's Debo Samuel yeah I get it and it's it's not a bad argument either way I I think they're both great players and I mean with Lamb you can I'm pretty sure you just said Debo sucked didn't you I did yeah he's terrible (laughs) he's the worst wide receiver in the league and we'll move on man we'll go to two wide receivers that a lot of people have said suck this year a Rob and Kenny Galladay God, really? <clears throat> I'm going to go Allen Robinson. It's, yeah, it's Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, Kenny Galladay. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be that dude who's middle aged and and overweight and out of shape, criticizing NFL players. But to me, Kenny Galladay's a wuss, man. Like he just doesn't seem like he wants to play through anything. Like he just seems like he wants to sit back and collect a check. Like that's all it really seems like. Allen Robinson at times cashed it in this last year, hundred percent. But he also did not get along with the front office of the Chicago Bears. Once he was franchise tagged, it was basically over there. And I see Allen Robinson as somebody who's going to go to another team, get another opportunity. And the talent is definitely there. And the guy is a gamer. And at least I know I can pretty much count on him when he's, you know, on a team that wants him. You said Allen Robinson too? Yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm we're, we're trio it up again. We got Alan Robinson. Cha-ching! I'm, I I love Kenny, but I just you know, man, he broke my heart, dude. And once that happens, it's hard to recover. Deontay it's, Johnson oh. or Terry McLaurin? Well, we have no idea who their quarterbacks are going to be. Yeah. Nope. Nice. Um. <laughs> wow, that's a lot more difficult, being that we really don't know the future. I mean, Deontay Johnson is somebody who we, we know is going to get volume here as of late. But, I mean, that was with Big Ben. That's because Juju Smith-Schuster wasn't there. Mm. You know, what's going to happen now? If I'm looking at just the players themselves, I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. I just hate that I don't know who his quarterback is going to be going forward. But if I had to choose one right this second, it's Terry. Yeah, if we're going off of, off of talent alone – it's Terry McLaurin, and for me, it's not close. I think mm-hmm. McLaurin is head and shoulders above Deontay Johnson, skill-wise. skill, skill wise. Um, And where we don't know the situations of, of either player's quarterbacks going forward, I got to go with the better football player. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, what happens if a Russell Wilson, a Kirk Cousins, a Deshaun Watson, what happens if they go to Pittsburgh? Now, all of a sudden, Deontay Johnson is not going to fall off very much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where it's just, you, you kind of got to be careful. 
You got to love these dynasty trades that happen in late February. And this is probably one of them. Deontay Johnson versus Terry. I'm going scary Terry as well. I've got one for you. It's great. I got one for you. What's Uh up? Uh I have, I have one last dynasty Uh game for you here. Uh Oh, Uh Oh, I'm scared. All right. Yeah, you should be. We're going Jalen Waddle or Stefan Diggs. I don't like you, man. Why? Why? Then you make me go against my boy. It's Jalen Waddle for me. I it's as much as I love me some stuff on Diggs, and he gives you the next two years of great value for sure. I just I I can't, man, because I mean Waddle's gonna to me it's gonna be very close. They're gonna be very tight when it comes to finishing the season and statistics. And you got youth on your side, so I'm going Waddle. Nick. I mean my head says I need to still go with Stefan Dix. I love Jalen Waddle, but as of right now, Stefan Diggs is the guy in Buffalo and there's really no second option for sure. Like we know we like Gabe Davis, but we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders, is he gone? Is Cole Beasley gone? Are they going to sign somebody like a Christian Kirk? That all plays a part. And Diggs is just hard to go against. I, but honestly, if I'm, I'll put it this way. If I'm looking at something where I need somebody as my wide receiver one, my wide receiver two, and I, I'm in a win now situation, it's Stephon Diggs. If sure. I'm looking at my roster right now and it's not going to compete really, then I'm going Jalen Waddle. But I still think I, I still think that that Stephon Diggs has got the ceiling and the safety over Jalen Waddle. As much as I love Jalen Waddle. Yep. And I and I brought it up only because I have them right next to each other in my rankings. And I also traded for Jalen Waddle tonight. <laughs> so I'm feeling really good. And I just had to talk about him. You know, and the, the Stefan Diggs thing is interesting because of how, you know, if we're talking 2020 Stefan Diggs, we saw his play drop off this past season only because, you know, Dawson Knox got a little bit more play. They started spreading it around a little bit. And I think that could be the MO a little bit. It's it's not necessarily just going straight to Diggs, but I agree. I think if your team is is championship ready, it is Diggs. And if it's not, I think even if you're a mid mid-range team where you're going to be competitive and make the playoffs, I'm still okay with Jalen Waddle. Yeah. Yeah. And, D- and Diggs was still what wide receiver seven, you know, this year. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a drop off from wide receiver three in 2020, but not a big drop off. No, yeah. it wasn't. Well, that's it fellas. That was fun. That was a good time. See, I never played the game before, but I think I did. Okay. Yeah, you're good. It's, I, it, I winged it. There's, there, there's no right or wrong way to play the oh, game. Ask the people. Rem, there's, there's always a, there's a right or wrong. <laughs> yeah, they'll tell well, you. Then you, then you lost, <laughs> sir. They're, they're going to find you and they're going to tell you what they think. Oh, of course. But anyway, we'll close this one out, man. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in, man. Find us on Twitter. Give us a follow. I'm not even going to rhyme it off. But anyway, to all listeners, thank you for all the support. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.